I'm teaching on the wonderful, magnificent, the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. The Father sent His Son, Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit to, uh, to really give us help. He's called a helper. And uh, one of his, the, the, the definitions for the Greek word paraclete is called alongside to help. Uh, para means with, you know, which is similar to Emmanuel, God with us, you know, that we're, we acknowledge uh, we're not alone. You know, he didn't, he, he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he'll in no wise cast us out. And he's with, lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. Uh, the, the key text for this message is 1 Corinthians 12, 1 and 14, 1. So if you want to get your Bibles and just look at these two uh, really important statements. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, uh, the word gifts is really not there in the Greek. It's, it's a, I think it's new, new, uh, it's a charismata, which is the things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. One translation, the King James says ignorant, doesn't want us to ignore it. I was reading Hosea, the fourth chapter, I think it's the 10th verse or 7th verse, somewhere there. It said that my people perish or are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So it's good that we uh, get come to terms and we're not ignorant, unaware, misinformed, uninformed concerning what God has supplied. We need to understand that Jesus came on a rescue mission to seek and save that which is lost. He, de- he desires no one to perish, but all to come to eternal life. So, you know, I'm a I'm a somewhat of a immersed in pop culture like everybody else. Some some of us more than, or some of us less. But I thought about uh, years ago we had the musicians out to a meal at Westport Plaza, and uh, we ran into Hulk Hogan when he was in his prime of his of his uh, career. And one of our worship leaders witnessed to him, and he gave him that look, you know. Uh, but I just got a, a message that he just got water baptized, and uh, he's committed to Jesus and. So, you know, the seed got sown, and then also there, uh, the, the uh, what is it, L.A. Inc., Kat Von D., whose parents were, were missionaries in Mexico, and she went, I guess, astray, and she just came back to the Lord. So, we, we you know, I, I always pray when people like this get saved that they don't become the poster child for Christianity, and they get to grow, and they get left alone, and they don't become a, a, a mascot to the church or something like that. But we're going to see a lot more of that, and we're going to see people from all different walks of life come to the Lord because uh, that's what the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And he's, um, he's so great, and the, the Spirit of God, the Bible says not to grieve him or quench him. So, um, and we can, it actually says we, we're to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to talk about that tonight uh, as practically as I can apply it as practically as I could translate it. But also, let's look at 1 Corinthians 14.1. It talks about not ignoring or being unaware of the things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. So we need to get informed. We need good information, good teaching. And then 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So God has called us to become sensitive to him, to hear his voice, to know his voice. Is that a possibility? Yes, it is. Let's, let's look at some examples of following the Holy Spirit. And let's go to the prototype couple. Does anybody know who the first people were on the planet? Adam and Eve. Okay, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. Darkness was all over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. There's a teaching in the church called the gap theory. Everybody say gap theory. And um, a lot of people believe that between verse 1 and verse 2, there were a lot of things that happened before our beginning. That there there was a lot of history. There were things that happened with Lucifer who fell from heaven. We know that he fell from heaven prior to this because he was deceiving Adam and Eve. Uh, and uh, so 
there's, there's, there's some interesting concepts about that. I'm not teaching on that tonight, but it's an interesting concept. And it uh, does explain a lot of things about uh, just, you know, some of the archaeology and things that people are finding. But anyway, the, the, the reality is God made all the beauty. And then he said, let us make man in our image. And according to our likeness, verse 26, let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky. And um, I bought some suet at the uh, bird store and uh, bought basically all my backyard birds uh, lunch. And uh, they were all flocking and eating the, the suet. And I thought about how consider the lilies of the field or consider the birds, the sparrows. They don't, they don't go to the bird store and drop a 20 for the... But God has motivated us not only to rule, but also motivated me to go get uh, food for the winter, winter birds and the migrating birds. Isn't that nice? Uh, anyway, it's nothing to do with this message, but here it goes. And... Um, and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish and over the birds and every living thing that moves on the earth. So God said... So God talks. We serve a God who is not mute. In fact, Paul told the, the, the church in Corinth that, you know, you guys were all following blind and mute idols. Uh, but now you've come to serve the true and living God. And uh, I, I want to tell you that um, we can actually learn and develop spiritually to know God's voice and to distinguish other voices and to differentiate, is that just my flesh? Is that just my emotion? Is that the opinion of others? Is it peer pressure? Is it a devil? Is it a demon? It'll help us with uh, evaluating doctrine. It'll help us with interacting with others. And it'll help us to, uh, as we just land on this, so we're not ignorant of spiritual things, we're paying attention to these things. I want to just, just give you the basic 101, Christianity 101. God is a spirit, it says in John chapter 4. And, um, and you are a spirit. And, and I know this because we're made in God's image. And when he created Adam out of the dust of the earth, uh, he breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. So there's an inner man and there's an outer man. And God is eternal, and we're eternal. We are not just in this little brief lifespan, and we go into nothingness and eternal oblivion. We go into eternal existence, either with God or without him. But we are eternal beings. God is a spirit, and he's eternal. And his spirit bears witness with our spirit. It says in Romans chapter 8. And, uh, you know, there's so much indication of this throughout the Bible uh, but I, I just want to stir up your sincere minds by way of reminder. You and I, we can be led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8, 8 14 says that Paul the Apostle um, was an example of it, and he mentioned it. He said, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Or let's put it, just flip that. The, one of the indicators of your sonship or your daughtership in God in the new birth is that the lights go on and you could be led by the Spirit of God. Right? He'll, he'll show you what to do. He'll give you, a, he'll give you spiritual direction. When you're, when you're making decisions, when you're planning uh, you know, goals for the new year, when you're at work, and you're trying to figure out how to make a difference in the job you have and to really be a contributor. You, you, can, you can be an asset to that environment, and they'll, they'll be thrilled that you're, you're tapped into God like the Pharaoh was thrilled with Joseph, that he was tapped into God. And if you read the story, he, he interpreted dreams and 
he actually did better than all the, 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 the sorcerers of Egypt because he was actually tapped into the true spirit of God. And there's a contrast there. So the Old Testament, there was a warning about witchcraft. And in the New Testament too, one of the markers of the new birth, they, they burned uh, their occultic books. Uh, the, the new early Christians, they, they got rid of that uh, darkness because they had encountered a correct way to be led, not by tea leaves or palm, you know, palm reading or tarot cards or Ouija boards or any of that kind of stuff, um, or familiar spirits. Um, they're, they're actually in, the, in, in some of these realms. Uh, the Amazing Randy used to expose people that were doing kind of sleight of hand manipulation of minds, mind games with people. But there also are familiar spirits. So I don't even know that the Amazing Randy ever acknowledged the spiritual realm. I don't know where he was coming from. He's since passed. But he was, he was calling out charlatans and phonies. Paul the Apostle in Acts chapter 16 was ministering and a, a, a slave girl with a spirit of divination kept following he and uh, Silas and they kept saying, these are men who are teaching the way of salvation. And, uh, but it, it greatly annoyed Paul. It greatly annoyed Paul. And at a certain point, he cast the evil spirit out of her. He, he commanded the demon, that spirit of divination, to get out of her. They were, money was being made through her. And, and there, there's also a familiar spirit where evil spirits observe family lines. And because they don't die, they've been around since our ancestors and before, you know, so long. And they, they hang around, and they're deceivers, and they're in co- cooperation with Satan. And it's important for us to know this. I mean, you know, the, so much of the horror movie genre is about possession, demon possession. It's like a fixation. And um, so, but we need to understand that, you know, in, in Mark chapter 16, in my name they will cast out demons, right? And they will speak with new tongues, and they'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So... Um, we need to get acclimated to the biblical model that's laid out for us and learn the difference between the spirit and the soul and the body. Um, uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And it brings distinction. It brings a piercing or a division or distinction between the soul and the spirit of both joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Isn't that a, isn't that a mouthful right there? What a, the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, puts us in touch with something very similar to what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it was a prayer at the end of his letter to the church at Thessalonica. And he said, now may... The God of peace, aren't you glad he's the God of peace? He's not the God of anxiety or the God of worry. Or he's the God of peace himself. Sanctify you, set you apart entirely, completely. Don't you love the idea of entirely? And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good verse. Faithful is he who calls you. This is I, I quote this often. And he will also bring it to pass. Right? He'll bring whatever the original purpose was that God had on your life since you were a little kid, since you were before you were formed in your mother's womb. And this will help you young people to tap into that and have assurance that, that God, faithful is he who calls you, he'll also bring it to pass. He'll also do it. And he is the author and the perfecter of your faith, and he loves you, and he has the capacity to know the number of hairs on each one of our heads, which to me is an inconsequential thing, uh, uh, you know, and it, yet God cares about the details of our lives, right? And since God cares about the details of our lives, and the past is over, we might as well embrace this, marry 1 Corinthians 12.1 and 1 Corinthians 14.1 together, uh, now, concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit, I would not have you be ignorant or be unaware. 
Uh, so we're going we're gonna to hunker down and develop and grow. Since God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth, and since I am a recreated human spirit, like this woman just had her 50th Christian birthday, her new birth birthday today, tonight, and she normally watches Friday on live stream, but she came physically so we could sing, and, 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 and so Kingston would get me on, on pitch so I sounded like Johnny Cash. And, uh, but God, God caused a new birth. She got led to the Lord in the Jesus movement in Southern California, and she's still walking with God. And it shows the staying power that God put in her and her spiritual metal. And she's nodding as I'm talking about you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. This is quite important. And when I went to, uh, to Bible school, this was really something that was taught to, that really brought clarity to me. Because we as Christians can be fleshly and carnal, and we know that, where we're led by our emotions, by feelings, uh, the, the language of the body are our are, are physical senses, and they're good. But we're not to be led by our flesh. And, and the language of our soul, our mind, our emotions, our thinking faculties, and our will, that's good too. But we're not to lean on our own understanding, uh, it says in Proverbs 3. But in all our ways, we're to acknowledge him, and he's a spirit. And, and this is just so good. Adam and Eve experienced this because God was uh, designing them to fellowship with them. God had no need. God is not needy, but uh, he created Adam and Eve, and humanity needs him. And uh, God let us be in on his beautiful purpose. It's a mystery, and it's amazing, but that's the way he's done it. And um, when Adam and Eve fell... The collateral damage was disruption in their connection with him and relationship with him and even their ability to hear from him. And um, they, he actually got walked in the cool of the garden in the cool of the day and said, Adam, where are you? And, uh, you know, he was reaching out to him. God is, Adam and Eve in the pre-fall glory experienced amazing connection with and sensitivity with God. God was everything to them. And they got to enjoy him together, and they got to name the animals, and they got to uh, take care of the garden, and it was a beautiful thing. Until the temperature came, and they yielded and rebelled, and uh, there was this great tyranny from humanity. Um, I'm not a humanist because humans failed. I'm a Christian, and I follow Jesus because he succeeded, and that's why I'm a Christian. Um, Solomon said it, you know, he came along later and he, and he said in Proverbs 20, verse 27, uh, Adam and Eve experienced it in the pre-fall glory, but then they forfeited it and they, they you know, you could, there's a painting in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris, that's a giant painting the size, bigger than, bigger than uh, one of these screens, and it's, it has Cain after he was cursed. And he was just walking, and, and, and it's bigger than life size. And you, and you see, it's just above eye level, and you see the angst, and you see the effect of sin etched in this man. It's a, it's a compelling painting. You should, you should Google it. It's, it's, uh, I don't remember the exact name of it, but, oh, man, it was uh, an indication of the forfeiture and the failure and the fall. And uh, just in the toil and the strain and the struggle and the, the mark on his forehead so forth but all the people around him were all bummed out too because <laughs> sin does that but Proverbs 20 verse 27 it says the spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord searching all the innermost parts of his being so God is spirit and God his, by his spirit speaks to our spirit that's why I don't need to go to a psychic and I don't want to I don't, need, I don't want to do a tarot card reading. I don't want to. I don't want to be part of a Ouija board situation. Oh, that's just a game, you know, from the, the toy store. Well, <laughs> the devil will play games with people's minds through that stuff. And uh, well, you want to avoid all those dark arts and all that occultist stuff and just go with what God has. Just since God is so good and he's, and he's, and he's drawing us with his love and his kindness... And he, he is basically saying over and over again, hey, 
I designed you to have fellowship with me. I actually want you to be in on some of my big, beautiful kingdom stuff. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy people, and you're called and you're chosen to show forth the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, right? So what does that look like? It's like, don't go, like, there's so much in, in the first five books of the Bible telling the Hebrew people, do not do idolatry, do not go with witchcraft, do not reference or, 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 or confer with, with witches and that kind of thing. And it's, it really condemns it. It's like over and over again. And so uh, we avoid it. And then, but yet, yeah, what, what do we have then for, instead? We have a relationship with God through Jesus, and his spirit wants to bear witness with our spirit. And in fact, there's a, a verse in the Old Testament that says, uh, you'll have a voice uh, come up from behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And, and so as not to get spooky about it or to get uh, mystical about it, what it is is God wants to speak to us. And he, that's proof of it is he's given us the written word. God wants to speak to us concerning uh, even the personal uh, kind of key things of our lives, how we raise our kids, how we deal with problems, coping skills, decisions that we have to make. I don't know about you, but we get so much thrown at us uh, where we have to make choices and to make decisions, but that's okay because God made us decisional beings. And I know this because he gave us will and he, you know, free will and he said, look, you can eat all the fruit from all these trees except this one. Don't eat this fruit. And, of course, Lucifer came in and said that God's basically holding back from you. You will actually become like God. Well, the reality was they were made a little lower than God. They were made in his image, right? The devil's such a liar. He's such a hater. He slithered in on the scene and immediately had such contempt for humanity because humanity looked like God. It was made in God's image. It was like, what? He was totally, he had fallen from heaven like lightning and he had nothing, no, no, he has, there's, what fellowship has light with darkness? So there's no, there's a complete severance there. There's no hope for salvation for Satan or his demons. But there is hope for anybody and everybody who calls on the name of the Lord. And as it comes to this, Adam and Eve experienced being led by the Spirit. Solomon said, God wants to and has designed us, his Spirit, uh, speaking to us and guiding us. Is, it, it, the Spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. That's the part that God wants to speak uh, about his his spiritual things to us. And uh, Jesus proclaimed it in John chapter 10. And he said in, in, uh, in, in so many words, in verse 10, he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And then he says, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Did you hear that? So we can be led by the Spirit of God. And I think it's important that we develop in our recreated human spirit and learn not to be soulish, um, not to be carnal. You know, uh, that's the flesh. That's, the, that's my, just my unrenewed mind. That, now, that might be the Lord. I want, and then I want to test that. You know, it, you, you, the, the, there's, a, there's a, a responsibility we have with this. His word is spirit in its life. And just even now, the reason I preach so much scripture when I preach is because God's word is living and active and sharper than two-edged sword. And I don't really have anything better to talk about or say than what the word of God says. And I'll throw in some examples and illustrations and stories, but I want to go in and get as much word in you, and I want to get as much word in me as possible because faith comes by hearing the word, his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. His word is spirit and it's life. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It doesn't get any more specific than that. And if you want to be spirit taught and spirit led, spend a lot of time in the word of God. And the word of God will bring clarity and it will actually divide between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. He'll sanctify you and set you apart entirely and so that you, you know, even when somebody 
of credibility prophesies to you, you take it and you put it on the back burner. You say, oh, thank you, I appreciate it. And then you judge it and you judge scripture with scripture and you, you, know, you don't immediately react to what this person is saying because God doesn't direct the church through personal prophecy. He directs us, he directs us by the Holy Spirit and by the word. Personal prophecy is a, is a blessing. It helps you fight the good fight of faith. Uh, and when, when it's accurate and in line with the Word of God, it's, it has edification, exhortation, and comfort, and it's a helpful, wonderful thing. In fact, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. It's a good thing. It's been abused, um, but uh, I think there's also abuse if it's completely ignored. So we, we can't ignore it. We've got we've to take issue and understand God wants us, to, we're to be a spirit-led people, be a prophetic people and be able to hear from God and be able to grow and develop and build spiritual muscle. Right? Come on. We're in the gym right now. I've come to pump you up. Not artificially, not with hype, not with a substitute, but with the real thing, the real protein of the word of God, the real plan God has for you. And so, you know, um, some people call it intuition uh, some people, uh, so, you know, say, oh, you're, you, have a, you have a sixth sense or you're clairvoyant. And there's so many issues out there in these, in these thoughts that it's really imperative of us, given that we're in the end times and given that the enemy's in his last full court press of trying to deceive humanity, it would be good for us to build ourselves up in our understanding concerning these things so that we have clear biblical interpretation of it. And, and Jesus, if, if, look, Jesus proclaimed it. My sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Right? So we know when it's... You, you know, you guys ever watch in filmmaking and movies, one of the things that directors do that's a standard uh, is... When they want the audience to know something isn't right, they tilt the camera. Now, how many of you knew that and you've noticed that? How many of you now, you know that, and now you're going to never unsee it? I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to start watching shows and you're going to watch it. You, we already know when the music is ominous, oh, it's going to be bad, this is bad, right? But, but when they tilt the camera, it's like, it's just a, something is off. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will help you. This is one of the things he does. He, he guides us into the truth. So he'll deliver us from error. So he's faithful to help us to rightly divide the word and, and, and to be discerning. God doesn't want us to be critical and judgmental of people. That's, 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 not, that's not right for Christians to do. But he doesn't want us to be gullible and oblivious concerning uh, things going on through our lives, right? So we can be led by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, Acts chapter 16. Now let, let's turn to Acts chapter 16. I already quoted part of it with the girl with the spirit of divination and how Paul had a, had a word of knowledge and, uh, and he perceived that she was, uh, she was operating uh, with the influence of a demon even though what she was saying was kind of good, like, these are men who are teaching the way of salvation. Well, it sounds good, except it was coming from an uh, evil source. So there was some deception in it. But in Acts chapter 16, this has always helped me in transitions in ministry and uh, decisions that I have to make. He, Paul had an aspiration. He was burdened for the Gentile world, and um, in, it is what is now modern-day Turkey. It's called Asia Minor. And he was uh, wanting to help the churches, but he was also wanting to lead lost people to the Lord. And he wanted to get the gospel out. He was a proclaimer of the resurrection, and he wanted to get out there. And uh, so it says in chapter 16, verse 4, Now while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been uh, decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. For them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in faith and were increasing in number daily. 
they passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region. Now, this is where you could get your maps in the back of your Bible. Why are there maps in the back of my Bible? So you could feel, figure out where the Phrygian and Galatian region is and look at the missionary journey of Paul. It's really a blessing to read and look at that. Having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Did you see that? God told him to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus gave a mandate. And yet, in this moment, the Holy Spirit is saying, don't do this in this place. Do you hear that? So, I worked out at the gym today, and I, you know that because you can tell by how, my rippling muscles. But I, I was in the car, and I, I, I knew, I, like I wanted to call, on my way to the gym, I wanted to call somebody, but it wasn't the right timing. So then when I was on my way from the gym, I knew in my spirit I was supposed to return their call. I also knew in my spirit when I was getting off of the turn and going onto the on-ramp that they weren't going to answer and I was going to get a voicemail. So I was preparing to get a voicemail. Sure enough, they didn't answer. I gave them the voicemail. I knew exactly how to start it. Father, and I began to pray. And then I knew what to pray and I finished it. And I I knew that was the correct thing to do. I knew not to call them before. I knew to call them after, and you say, ooh, Pastor Jeff, ooh. I, I, I'm only saying that to tell you that we can actually train our, and develop in these things so we're not impulsive and getting out of, God, out of timing. Because Paul was actually trying to do that. And Paul was awesome. Paul was a spiritual man, and he was amazing. He was Paul the Apostle. But even he was kind of pushing in an area, and it says, the Holy Spirit had forbidden them uh, speaking the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, it says in verse 7, um, they were trying to go into Bithynia. And the, look at this. The Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Now think about this. These are great people of God. This is Acts 16. This is three chapters after 13. Acts 13, they were up in uh, what I think is the area in Syria, Antioch, the church in Antioch, and they were in a prayer time, and they were praying, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. And um, so then they prayed some more. It says after they prayed some more, fasted some more and prayed some more, then they, they laid hands on them and sent them. It was something unprecedented. It was something. And I liked how they weren't impulsive. Awesome, you got a word from God. Go, man. So they, they prayed over them, and they were thoughtful. And then in Acts 14, they came back and reported to the church how God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And by the way, with witchcraft, there was a guy named Elymas the magician, and they got he got delivered, and some great things happened. And uh, you, you could read about how God feels about that stuff. But then... Here, Paul is on a roll. Everybody say, Paul's on a roll. And, and so Paul is like trying to go to Asia, and he's trying to go into Mycenae, and, and he's passing through the Phrygian and Galatian region, and having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and then uh, the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So uh, modern terminology in our circles would be, uh, he had a check in his spirit. Has anyone ever heard that phrase? That's church speak for just that. It's like in a movie, the camera's cocked and the music is ominous. But it's so, like, well, I wish it could be like that, man. Can't, how do I get led by the spirit? You got led by the spirit to be here tonight. You got led by the spirit to watch this. And uh, so you are being led by the Spirit. You, you do have a capacity to be Spirit-led. How many of you have ever missed it in your life? Let me see your hands. Okay. We have the capacity to miss it. How many of you have nailed it? Hallelujah to God be the glory. There have been times it's like, so, at that point I know. And, you know, I, th- I think that we can be confident that God the Spirit will speak to our recreated human spirit and that we can develop and get stronger and, and more uh, sensitized to the voice of the Spirit and less prone, prone to being fleshly. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption and decay. We all know that. It's painful how many times we've all done that. Or we just sow to our, our intellect. Knowledge puffs up. And there could be this cerebral, quasi-sophisticate thing that can get on people. And God does, God does not want us to dumb anything down. 
If you've got a high IQ and you're like a Jeopardy contestant wannabe, hallelujah, that's a gift. But we're not to lean on our own understanding. Paul probably thought in natural terms, this is where I want to be, that there's probably passion to it. He was trying to get in there. And um, so so it says in verse uh, 8, they passed by Micaiah. So they were, he was wanting to go there, but he just passed it by. And they came down to Troas. And verse 9, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Uh, and a man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So a vision by night, I'm assuming he was sleeping. It doesn't say it was a dream. So maybe at night he had a vision uh, we don't know whether he was asleep or awake, but he did have a spiritual gift function here that gave him a prophetic guidance and a, re- a revelation of what to do. So in verse 10, when he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, we read that and we think, okay, that's the, mo- that's the standard. I should be getting visions all the time about every step of my life. And we don't see that with Paul. We do see it several chapters later where an angel spoke to him when he was in his boat situation and he was a prisoner and there was a visitation of an angel. But you don't see it every page. People that get locked into these things and get imbalanced and then they assume they're supposed to have angelic visitations and visions every night. And they are actually, as the Spirit wills, and according to what, looking at the life of Paul, they were somewhat rare in his life. But they happened, and when they happened, they were noted. But what was mainly clarified was he was being led by the Spirit of God, and we can be led by the Spirit of God. There are young people that are single in here, and you, were, you believe in God for a life mate, and you're trusting God for guidance, and God will give you guidance. He'll help you make that really vital decision. You're looking at work, and you're looking at what steps to take next, and, you know, our steps are ordered by the Lord, and, you know, he said, I, my sheep will know my voice, and, we, and, and, and we, we get through practice and through training our spirit, we can develop uh, deepened sensitivity and, and, and know uh, the mind of God, and, know, and, and actually seek his heart, seek his face. And actually learn his ways. You know, what did Moses say? Teach me your ways. And uh, lead me in a level path, the, song, the, the writer of Proverbs said. So um, Paul was really an example of it. And he goes, uh, he, he, he goes to preach the gospel to them in verse 11. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace. And on the, the day following to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony, and we were staying in this city for some days. And the Sabbath day, at the, on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. Uh, and so this is also... Uh, an indication of endeavoring to be led by the Holy Spirit. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. So here's a river, and one of the women uh, was named Lydia. She was from the city of Thyatira. She was a seller of purple fabrics, so she was an entrepreneurial business owner and uh, in an important uh, career. She had... She was a seller of purple. Purple was a, like a royal color. And the dyes to create it were very expensive. And they were on the, the uh, trade routes. And it was, so she knew to get the very special stuff. And she was known as a person that was making this high-end, high-quality, important uh, in, uh, material. She was also a worshiper of God and was uh, receptive. She was listening and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. So she's there. She's a, she's a worshiper of God. She's working there. She's out there praying. That's when they, they knew it was prayer time. And so they would, it was probable that somebody would be out there praying. And they found these pl- ladies praying. 
and her heart opened. And when she and her household uh, had been baptized, so her husband and her kids and whatever extended family there was, I guess, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So this is a turning point of Western civilization. And in my Bible, it says this is the first convert in Europe. So this was, God had actually, Paul had a design to go do something else. But the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, was saying, no, I I want you to do this and go to Macedonia and go into this area. So he went where Alexander the Great came from and where ultimately Mother Teresa would be coming from. And this amazing people group, now we have a church there in Kosovo, the, Al- the Albanian people, the Ma- Macedonia jo- joins it. In the, it was called Yugoslavia for a while back after the wars, but uh, it's being restored now to the original names. It's right there by Greece. It's all biblical land. In fact, the church where, that we have pioneered is called Illyricum, and that was a region where Paul said, I've preached even as far as Illyricum. So I think it's amazing. As a, you know, we came, we went to Bible school, we went to Europe to go work in Europe and preach the gospel. The Lord said, no, and through fasting and prayer, come back. Remember, I wanted you to build a home base in Chesterfield from which to reach the nations of the world. I came back, I served in another church for a while, then I started this church in 1988, and uh, God had ordered my steps. And I've had so many options and opportunities along the way. And I noticed at times when things were, we were thriving, when I was doing great spiritually, the devil, uh, well, I had a lot more opportunities. I would get these amazing opportunities, and I'd have to gradate them and say mainly no to most of them. And um, then you go through hard times, and the opportunities um, dry up a little bit, and then you, you just have to say, okay, then I'm, I'm going to just press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Right? And keep persevering and keep trusting God that faithful is he who calls you. He'll also do it. And be right before that, now he will sanctify you entirely and may your whole spirit and soul and body. See, you go to work in your earth suit and you just look like a regular old human being. But you are, you, you, you're a carrier of the presence of God. And I remember Martin Short in one in a, in a Pure Luck. He said, "I'm possessed." No, it was I don't remember which movie. Martin Short did a lot of good movies. Which movie was that? You're so holy, you don't remember it. <laughs> Inner space. Yeah, that's where the, uh, Dennis Quaid was shot into his ear or something, and he was talking to him, and he's, "I'm possessed." And uh, yeah, yeah. He was shrunken, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, then the camera tilted. But anyway, you're all looking at me like, Pastor Jeff, what what are you talking about? I'm talking about our bodies of the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Paul had an aspiration to go to this Asia Minor and preach. And it wasn't God's timing. So he, he did a, God did a, a shift for him and ordered his steps. And he went into another area. And then, actually, um, then it happened, it said here, that uh, as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl had a spirit of divination. The devil attacked him during, at, on his way to pray. And uh, she, was, she was bringing her masters much profit through fortune telling, following after Paul and us, She kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Well, in my margin, it actually says, in literal Greek, a way of salvation. So see, it's a little skewed. It's not a way, like there are many ways, many paths to God, and they happen to be saying a way, right? So on the surface, it looks like good advertising, but it's not. It's a devil lying and it's through, through this unfortunate girl. And uh, she continued doing this for many days. So this was something that was happening while Paul was trying to minister. And he was greatly annoyed. So you might want to underline that so you could tell your wife. Well, see, it's scriptural, the one, what I'm being right now, scriptural. 
and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very moment. So she got delivered. And boy, when the guys that were making money found out and they grabbed Paul and Silas by the by their sideburns and dragged them into jail, beat them up. And, uh, but in the midnight hour, they were seeking God and worshiping. You see, it looks like, man, see, why did you stop me, Holy Spirit? I wanted to go to Asia. Had I gone to Asia, this wouldn't happen to me. See, it, well, what it was, was this was persecution for righteousness sake. This was the inevitable challenge that comes. Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And this is what happened while he was in the middle of obedience, but he just did it anyway. And the fact is, it was a pivot point and a turning point in Western civilization. So, you know, I want to do this. I I feel called to this. I'm gifted for this. People don't really see that. I need to push, push, push. Well, wait a minute. Get in God's timing. Get in in prayer. Get in the spirit. Make sure... What, what, what you're hearing and what you're trying to do ends up being the Lord. Let's say, not my will, but your will be done. Say that. Not my will, but your will be done. So Paul is an example of what Adam and Eve had before the fall. Solomon said it in Proverbs 20 about the spirit of a man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord searching all his innermost parts of his being. And, and Jesus proclaimed that we would know his voice. Paul was an example of it in Acts 16 and again Romans 8:14 those who are being led by the spirit of God they're the sons of God. How many of you you want to you want to be led by the spirit? How, how, and and why do you want to be led by the spirit? Because God is spirit and and he wants to lead us. And then we want to see those favorable outcomes and those amazing results, right? And um, it says in, in Daniel 11.32, the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I'm preaching to stimulate you to get in a place spiritually so you're available and poised and ready for the exploits God has laid out for you on the immediate, the intermediate and long-range levels, on the micro, medium, and huge levels. Because if you're faithful in a small thing, God will give you responsibility over great things. And I'll tell you, when we went out to lunch at at, uh, uh, Westport Plaza all those years ago, or dinner or whatever it was, and and Scott and I are scratching our heads on what the event was, but we were all there, and then our worship leader went over to the guy and witnessed to him, and he looked at him like, back off, dude. Well, now, 70 years old, there's video on on whatever whatever it is on the, on the internet of, of him being baptized and then, he, then his wife's being baptized. And then so God, you know, all the seed that was sown. I prayed for that Kat Von D. I prayed for her. I saw her brokenness. And, you know, just the, uh, God moved on some, she got saved. And she's not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. Well, I prayed, I, I gave up on her. She's just lost and forget it. And why would we even pray for those kinds of people anyway? Well, we should pray for everybody, right? Those kinds of people, what are you talking about? God desires no one to perish, but all to have everlasting life. And so, if you're looking for handwriting on the wall, uh, and if you're looking for physical uh, sensory reinforcement, that's not, sometimes God will give us tokens of his good, and they're really a blessing, and I appreciate them. And when I see them, it's like, wow, that's cool. But that's not the primary way why God leads us. The primary way that God leads us is his spirit bearing witness with our spirit. It's a, oh, well, you have intuition. No, I have the God, and he's given me the Holy Spirit. And I, I was, di- she, 50 years ago today, got born again. And that's when God activated uh, her ability to pick up the signals. You know, Gary has been in radio since the 60s, and radio technology is a trip. They have, they have transmitters and receivers, and radio waves are going through this room right now. Uh, and, but the way the, the scientists figured it out, you could actually catch those radio waves. Uh, I remember when I was given a transistor radio, it was for a Christmas. I wanted a transistor radio. It took a 9-volt battery. 
with a little terminal on it. And, you know, it, it was a little in, inferior little speaker, but I was able to tap into, at that time, an AM stations so I could hear pop music. And uh, I just listened to it at night, and, and I just kept thinking, this is amazing technology, right? And, uh, but I'm telling you, there's nothing more amazing than a, a, a person who's dead in their trespasses and sins getting saved and being activated where I know the master's voice. And you open up. I noticed when I first became a Christian in 1972, I opened the same Bible that I couldn't understand. And when I opened it up, I could all of a sudden start to understand it better. I wasn't saying, I'm not saying I've got it all figured out, but it was like, oh, wow. It's because I had met the author of the book. And so here you are, inside of you, you have a radio receiver, can I say it that way? And God is broadcasting and he's signaling guidance and direction to us. We could be led by the Spirit of God. Isn't that great? Everybody say, I'm being led. Stand up on your feet. We're going to finish. We're going to come back on Sunday at the 9. We have, we're going to bring the 8 o'clock crowd and the 9.30 crowd together. Friday, folks, we're all going to come together. And we're going to have, we're going to get every chair we can in here. And I, because I want, and it's going to be at, nine, at 9.30. So we're going to let you rest at 8. We're going to let you go home early. And so we could come back at 5 and 6.30 for Christmas Eve. Sun, uh, the candlelight is going to be awesome. I was almost at Easter with sunrise service, but that's later. Put one hand on your heart, one hand up toward heaven. There's no 1115 service. Is that what you wanted me to say? She was led to tell me that. Okay. Say this with me. Oh, how I love you, Jesus. I am fascinated with you. You are a big deal to me. I reverence you. I honor you. I recognize you to be the King of Kings, the the Lord of Lords, Savior, Redeemer, Deliverer, the Baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Stir up the gifts in me. Lead me and guide me, please. May I see more miraculous things, signs, wonders, and miracles, breakthrough, favor, and blessing. My steps are ordered by the Lord. I walk by faith and not by sight. My heart trusts in the Lord, and I know he'll do me good all the days of my life. Now I want to pray for the people that are out there on live stream. God bless everybody that's out there. That brother that just got hit with COVID, I pray he comes in through 100%. He was coming tonight, and he he texts me from out of town. I pray a touch of the Holy Spirit, healing on his body in the name of Jesus and all his loved ones around him, that he comes through 100%. And God, I just want to say hi to the people that are watching, and I love you guys. I pray blessing on you. And anybody that's dealing with any kind of oppression or depression, I come against that, commanded to leave in the name of Jesus. And I pray the joy of the Lord would be restored. I pray we have the best Christmas since we were little kids. More souls saved. Fill all the life-giving churches with people and with the anointing. Cause a supernatural touch of God all through the bi-state area, all around, all North America, Canada, Mexico, all the way down all the way around into Europe, all the nations, all the time zones. Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. Let's sing this, but not Johnny Cash. Uh, 